0: I'm Andy Vinker, and this is Fit Pro Radio. Whether you're a fitness veteran or novice, this podcast is for you. I hope to share the good, the bad, and the real to help you fast-track your career and help you find fulfillment and passion in the fitness industry. Let's go. Everyone, this is episode six of the Fit Pro, a Fit Pro Radio. I'm super excited because today we have a very special guest. This is my very first online or like virtual interview, and I'm super excited to introduce you all to Doctor Stephen Rockhill. Stephen Rockhill is going is a podiatrist, and he is going to help us kind of unlock the things that we never talk about as fitness instructors, um, and hopefully we can use this. And hopefully you find this super valuable so you can take this information to your students because a lot of people have no idea the damage that we can do to ourselves by wearing the wrong shoes. And us for fitness in fitness, like it makes a difference. We only have one body. And if we're beating it to death with the wrong tools, we could be ending our career sooner than we hope. So I'm excited to dig in and dive in with with Dr. Stephen Rockhill. And so Stephen, if you'd be okay? Do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Yes, I'd love to. I just want to say thanks, Andrea, for having me on. I'm happy to, you know, provide a little bit of uh, expert advice to help you and everyone else out there as they're working towards achieving their fitness goals. A little bit of background on me is I was born and raised in Utah, Um, you know, actually in the Linden-Pleasant Grove area. I was very active, um, as a kid and loved sports of all kinds. And I actually, um, had arthritis in one of my big toe joints and I needed surgery as I think a seventh or eighth grader. And that's, that's yeah, yeah, that's how I met a podiatrist. Um, and I had surgery and I was sort of interested in healthcare. And as I got older, um, I... Just really thought about it and wanted to go into podiatry because it seemed like podiatrists were generally happy and they were they were able to provide just um, good care to their patients um, and have satisfaction where patients could come into the office and they could provide some a little bit of advice or modify their shoes or their inserts or something, and then they could have immediate relief and it would just seem very rewarding. So... What may seem, you know, very simple or small can actually make a big difference. And um, so right now I'm uh, actually in my surgical training. I'm a resident at Franciscan Foot and Ankle Institute in Washington State. I did my podiatric medical school in Des Moines University in Iowa, and I went to my undergraduate training at BYU. So that's a little tidbit about me. So you
0: love school. And traveling. <laughs> oh,
1: I don't know about that. I just had to jump through the hoops so I could get here to help you guys out. <laughs> <laughs> well, we but, appreciate
0: your work, and I so appreciate yeah. you taking time out of your busy schedule to be here and share your wisdom and knowledge with us tonight. Um, so let's yeah, no dive problem. in, shall we?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Okay. So tell me, as we wear, as we walk on our feet every single day, why do shoes? make a difference, especially in like an athletic or a fitness instructor's body?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. And, you know, shoes, um, and I'm going to refer to arch support a lot during this talk, you know, makes a really big difference because, you know, you know, the saying where if your feet hurt, then everything hurts. Mm -hmm. Um, Once you get over that hump to where you're having excess stress or strain on the Jo- the joints and the bones and the tendons and ligaments on your foot, um, it can lead to pain and inflammation. And then once that's there, um, it can be sort of hard to get over the hump and get back to normal. So if people are walking around in shoes that don't give good arch support and don't provide them the uh, comfort and cushion that they need so that their foot can function properly, um, then they're at risk for having pain and aggravating those joints um, and areas of their foot. So, oh, not that. no, we, we don't. And it's one of those things where it may seem fine for a little bit, and especially as you're growing up as a kid. I mean, kids are amazing. They can almost wear anything, do anything, and they're going to be fine. Um, but, you know, some may not. I mean, kids come into the office and they, they have uh, complaints of pain and... um. A lot of it has to do with your foot type as well. I mean, we can touch base on this a little bit. But if you have a a flat foot, or a high arch, I mean, those are two different foot types. And um, especially people who have flat feet, I think it's really important for them to have good shoes and inserts to help them with their pain. So...
0: So when you say, like, good arch support, what does that look like? And and we're going to dive in, for those of you who are listening, like, we're going to talk about different kinds of shoes, especially for different kinds of sports. But I think it'd be really cool to just, like, lay it out there. What does a good arch support feel like?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Because most people, when they hear, oh, okay, arch supports are good, they'll Google it. And then they'll go to Walmart, and they'll go mm-hmm. buy usually <laughs> – um, you know, Dr. Shoals is a really common one just because it's accessible and it's at Walmart. And I'm not, you know, here to knock on any products or anything. I think that those have worked for people and they definitely can provide some cushion. But one thing you really want to do is um, test out your arch support to where the area on the insole where your arch will be sort of that middle area, um, not quite your heel and not quite at the ball of your foot, but in between, if you can push it down really easily with your hands, I mean, just imagine with your body weight on that, how easy that will collapse. Um, and that is bad. You don't want that. You actually want it to be able to support your arch and hold it up. Um, and in most patients, that that's sort of backwards to what you would think. You think, oh, I need cushion, I need padding because I'm in pain. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that we educate patients um, in is that you actually need support and not necessarily cushion or padding because the arch support will help your foot function better because it's not a padding problem, it's a biomechanical problem. And what I'm referring to there is you know the biomechanics of your foot is just how your foot functions and how load and force and stress and strain is put on your joints, tendons, and ligaments of your foot. So to make a, a complex, you know, there's there's tons of lectures and things on biomechanics, and you could dive real deep into it and get lost on a Google search. But what it really boils, what it really boils down to. Is the more arch support, the better, because your foot is functioning how it's supposed to. um, And it will have less strain on those joints and cause less pain. So that's
0: super important to recognize. Like, I don't think I've ever heard that before. See, I'm so glad we're here. Like, I always thought, okay, like, if my heel is hurting, we need to squish your heel. And so now Mm -hmm. to hear this is just kind of blowing my mind a little bit.
1: Yeah, and you know, sometimes you have some initial pain that some some padding on your heel isn't necessarily a bad thing, but you really got to support that arch. Um, and there are some common brands that we usually have patients go um, and purchase. You can get them on Amazon. Uh, Power Step is a good brand. The Power Step Pinnacle Orthotic, it's blue. Um, and then for people who have tend to have more of a flat foot. Um, usually that one can work and also super Feet. It's a green orthotic that you can just slide into your shoe.
0: And I can totally link these in the show notes for those of you who are wondering. Um, so that way we can get you some links and you can check those out.
1: Yeah, great. Um, one thing I do want to mention that's important to know with like orthotic or insert ed- um, education for people is, you know, you have to look at your shoes and it's a good idea to to make sure that they can fit in your shoes. So if you, if you buy them online, that's fine. But if you do happen to go to the store, um, make sure you can slide them in, um, some shoes, you can take out the insert that's in the shoes and then replace it with the, the one you want to put in the power step or the super feet or whatever you have. Um, but some shoes actually, you can't take the insert out. And so you just want to make sure you have enough room in your toe box to put the insert in, because then you're creating another problem and you'll get blisters and your toes will hurt.
0: No, that's so, super, that's super good. Cause you're right. I think, and anytime when I've tried, yeah, back in my Dr. Scholl's days, um, I felt like it was either my toe was being strangled or <laughs> my foot felt better. Yeah, so it's yeah. really good to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. um, and then,
1: Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. I I mean, I'm sorry. I could probably go on and on about orthotics because they make a big difference. (laughs) But um, one thing that's important to know, too, is, you know, your foot has been walking around without an orthotic and probably the incorrect arc support for a while. And so when you correct that, it may be a gradual um, getting used to. Mm -hmm. So we usually tell our patients to break in the orthotics. So you buy them wear them as tolerated maybe for a few hours the first day and then more the next day until they, they're feeling better because your foot is now you know having this change in its biomechanics um and some, so don't just buy them and then throw them away and be like "Oh, these don't help you have to give them a chance to, to break them in I
0: love so that. and that it's gradual we don't have to go cold turkey into the orthotic world <laughs> yeah exactly because <laughs> <does> it hurts <laughs> Some yeah. that we can just do one couple hours at a time um and then with that what are some telltale signs that you look for in clients like what are or patients what are signs or symptoms that someone's been wearing the wrong shoes for too long do are there injuries or what can you look for and instructors i want you to listen to this so if you are feeling any of these things like maybe it might be time to like check your shoes look into orthotics or maybe even find a local podiatrist?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, A heel pain is a really common complaint that we get in um, patients, especially, you know, very active um, people who um, are wanting to do a new exercise program or may have had a change in in, uh, just their activity levels. And, you know, most people have heard of plantar fasciitis. That's pretty common. Um, you can also, you can also get metatarsalgia, which is pain to the ball of your foot. That's pretty common as well. Um, and then, you know, most people have heard of shin splints and uh, a lot of these injuries are due to, you know, improper shoe gear and just overuse injuries. Um, sometimes patients may, you know, be not used to working out doing five miles a day and all of a sudden they want to do 10 and then they're, they're in pain, um, And one of the solutions to that is, you know, rest, ice and compression and everything like, you know, rice we learn in school, Mm -hmm. but it's hard sometimes to tell someone who wants to get back in shape and, and be active to stay off of it, which I totally understand. So what I would recommend is to, um, try to get some good shoes and then maybe warm up and, and ease into your activity. Um, you can do some good stretching exercises that um, I can go into in a little bit yeah. that uh, will help help you with your pain and then just getting good shoes and orthotics so as far as I guess better to answer your question um, like what are some signs I mean listen to your body if you're if you're having pain um, you know that probably isn't normal I mean you're gonna be sore with whatever muscle groups you're working out but if you're having like lower back pain, or pain to your ball of your foot, or your heel, or your shin, that um, might if it seems unrelated to your workout, I think that should raise some eyebrows. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> that's really, I think a lot of people. At least I know that there are a lot of high high impact instructors. Um, there are a lot of high impact um, sports as well as like class formats. And a lot of things that we feel when we're teaching a lot of high impact, like I teach, for example, one is it's called aqua Zumba and you're dancing basically on poolside, like on deck. And usually pool decks are what? Cement. And Mm -hmm. um, the first few years I taught it, I was just looking for as much cushion as I could find because my knees, my knees and my hips were so achy by the end of my classes. And I was teaching like two or three times a week. And so um for me, I think I should have gotten cu- like curious a little sooner because I just like pushed through because I think that's just what fitness instructors do. We just push through, <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> so when would you like tell somebody like this is definitely not a cue to push through like we've gone too far, pull the brakes,
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, that's that's a tough question because I think everybody has different you know pain tolerance and can push through things different than other people. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if anything is really interfering with your goals and your um, daily activities and what you want to do, I think that's definitely warrants a pause and just thinking, you know, should I be in this much pain? Is there something out there that can help me? Um, Even just standing all day, I recently, you know, was a victim of not wearing good shoes. And we were standing at the hospital all day. And I realized, man, why am I not wearing good shoes? I tell oh, patients yeah. to do this every day. And my, my back was hurting a lot. Um, and then I went and got some good shoes. And then literally the next day, like no back pain. And I was feeling great.
0: See, so, yeah, that, that you're right. Like, I feel like that must be so rewarding to not just see that in your patients, but to feel that in yourself. Like, it's mm-hmm. one small thing that can make such a massive difference.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. And to know, you know, to sort of go along with your experience where you were doing a lot of workouts on a cement floor, um, you know, trying to look at your environment, I guess, controlling the things you can control. I mean, it's not ideal to work out poolside on a cement floor. (laughs) But if you can't change that, then, okay, are there different shoes I can look into? Do I have good support? Um, I think those are good questions to ask yourself.
0: Yeah. And so we've been talking a lot about like having good shoes. How do we know what is a good shoe? And I know this is a really individual question because like you said, everyone has like a different foot. Um, But like, what, how can somebody gauge if you're going to speak generally, what are like some tests that we can do and what should it feel like? Like, and I just want to preface this to everybody. So the reason I wanted to even do this episode was because, um, Stephen's wife is actually my niece and I was talking on Instagram about these brand new shoes I got I was like they're so stiff like I'm used to like a really flexible shoe and I love them and I guess as Mackenzie um, my niece was listening to the story Stephen was like cringing and like dying a little bit inside <laughs> and so it really <laughs> that's when I started to like really question like okay what have I done to my feet this entire time? Cause I, for me, I thought like it was more comfortable if my shoes would like move and flex a lot. But now I'm realizing with these stiffer shoes with a really like strong arch support, like my whole body feels so much better. And I didn't realize that difference until I had something, I was forced to buy something different. So generally speaking, what is something that you would test in? What is something you look for in a good shoe?
1: Great um, question, and I have a test that I like to do that um, is really simple, and, and I can even explain it, you know, without showing you um, in person That is something you can do to know if it's a good shoe. Just like you explained, you want a good, rigid sole in your shoe, um, and this will work, I think, regardless of your foot type, whether you have a flat foot or a high arch foot or a pretty normal uh, foot, um, this will really benefit you. So I don't know what it is with shoe companies in the past, like five to 10 years, but they wanted us to be able to fold our shoes up in a ball and be able to just throw like a piece of cloth. Um, and we, we grew up as teenagers wearing these because they're cool and they look awesome. And we didn't care because we were kids and we weren't in foot pain. Um, but um actually that's actually really detrimental to your foot because you're not getting that structure and arch support that you need. So to to make my point, if you pick up your shoe and you sort of hold it in your hands with the one hand um towards the heel or back of the shoe and then the other on the front or ball of your foot, if you can push from the bottom on both ends and it folds up just like a book or an an accordion, and really easy in half, um, that is a sign of a bad shoe. You should not be able to do that. (laughs) Um, And and So that's when you look for the other shoe, that's if that happens. Another test that you do, so that's the first one, is you position your hands at the front and the back, um, just like the first test, and you sort of do counter strain twisting sort of like um, if you were wringing out a towel, and if you're able to really twist it like a corkscrew really easy, that's another sign that it's not giving you the support you need. Um, Those are the two main ones. The third test, which pretty much every tennis shoe passes this test, is you should have um, a nice little area for your toe purchase, it should be angled. So if you put your your, your your foot on the ground, you should be able to slide your fingers underneath the toe box without hitting the bottom of the shoe, which most most shoes do. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, this simple test uh, I think has really made a big difference in my life and, and in my patients' lives, and sounds like your life. I mean, it, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> because what it what it does is it gives you the knowledge to be able to look at any shoe with any brand. And be able to know if it's going to give you the support you need. Because some people just write off certain brands. And, you know, some brands may produce more supportive shoes than other. But I'll tell you, like, Nike makes good shoes like this. Reebok, Adidas, you know, Brooks, Hoka. All of them have good shoes like this. But you have to know how to test them out. So,
0: Amen. Amen. And I feel like it's super overwhelming, though. Because it's like, you see all these brands. Like, you just named some really popular ones, but I know like when I look on, when I go to the Nike store, I just get so overwhelmed. I'm like, okay, cross Mm -hmm. training. I'm not a runner. Am I lifting? Am I shuffling? Like, and for me, I have to find like a really, um, multi-purpose shoe. Cause sometimes I'll go from my own lifting workouts to teaching like a kickboxing class or something that moves um, a lot of different directions. And so Mm -hmm. I know when I see options that are like, Low impact, high impact, barefoot, whatever it might be. That might be super trendy. It's super overwhelming to know and unless you know, right? (laughs) But even then, I think it always comes down to like, okay, well, what's the cutest color? And let's pick that instead.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I've been the victim of that. I'm like, man, these look so cool. But I mean, I guess you have to make that choice. Do your feet want to hurt or do you want to look cool? And you know what? These... (laughs) These shoes that have this, yeah, right. These shoes that have good support—they're actually getting better at looking cool. Um, They used to look really clunky, and you'd really only see them on like older people who didn't really care. Um, Not to hate on older people—I love old people—but like uh, one brand that pretty much almost all their shoes are really supportive and are really good are is Hoka, Mm -hmm. Um, and those are looking a lot cooler. And I actually just bought some that. Are really nice so brooks is another really good brand that has a lot of good supportive shoes so
0: i love brooks well awesome and then i guess um i have one more question for you um and i know that this might i have i've never asked obviously from a professional standpoint but there are a lot of formats like bar pilates yoga a lot of mind body ones that are traditionally done barefoot like what is your stance <laughs> but also what can somebody in a barefoot format, whether they're teaching or they're, they're in an exercise session for a personal workout, like what can they do to protect their foot and make sure that it's functioning properly and supported without a shoe?
1: Yeah, that's a tough question because usually when we have our patients come in and they're having heel pain or um, pain on their shin or whatever. Usually, it's worse with barefoot. And so the first thing we say is, "Well, then don't walk barefoot," <laughs> 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 because you can't have arch support when you're barefoot. You're absolutely right. Um, so you know, the first thing I would say was avoid barefoot. But if you are working out in a in a kind of technique or class to where that is how it's done, it's done barefoot. Um, you can try to change, um, just the mechanics of your Um, striking patterns to help with that they've done studies out there where people have advocated for barefoot running Mm -hmm. and which can work if you change your mechanics to where you are doing less of a heel strike but striking more on your forefoot or ball of your foot or the middle of your foot and so i think that would be my advice is just trying to and it, it takes time and it takes training and and really thinking through it But if you um, are hitting the ground with the ball of your foot or your forefoot instead of your heel and just smacking your heel, that should help um, so that you don't end up with heel pain and all these other issues that are common. So that's my.
0: (laughs) I love it. Yeah, that's my short answer. (laughs) (laughs) Because I bet there's a lot more behind that. But I, I do appreciate that. And I know that we do have like an audience that that applies to. And I, and yeah, got to give them something. I love that. Um, are there any exercises that maybe you would, I, I know it's hard to like describe them <laughs> on a radio kind of situation, but are there any kind of exercises or stretches that you would recommend for someone that is super active to kind of keep their feet and joint, you know, keep their bodies healthy from the feet up from the ground up?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question, and this, these kind of um, stretching exercises could benefit anybody, even if you're not having heel pain, and they can be preventative, like you, you mentioned, and um, this is what we call eccentric calf stretching, so a lot of the population has tight calves, and your calf um, starts up in your knee, and it inserts on your heel bone, and when it's tight, it pulls on your heel bone, which can really be the main etiology of a lot of foot pain and complaints, whether it's in your heel or the front of your foot or anywhere really on your foot. Um, so what we always tell patients to do is to stretch their calf out. Now, most people know about normal calf stretching where you're sort of, um, just standing up against a wall or, um, pushing it up against, you know, a corner, but you can Google eccentric calf stretching Um, that's one way that you can have it explained to you, I guess, without doing a demonstration, but to put it simply, um, you want to stretch out the calf muscle by lengthening it. So there are three simple ones you can do. You can lay on your, your bottom on the ground, um, and have your leg sort of straight out in front of you. And then you can either grab, um, a band or even a towel or a blanket. Wrap it around the ball of your foot and then pull. And you're just pulling um, on that foot for up to about a minute um, for multiple times a day. The key is doing these for an extended period of time, like up to a minute, Um, which doesn't sound like very long, but when you are stretching, that is sort of a long time. It feels long, yeah. (laughs) Um, Another one that's a really good one is you can stand at the edge of a stair or a drop off. Um, and you go up on your tippy toes with both feet and then you put your weight to one side and then you come off of the other side and then you drop that heel down below the ledge and you hold that for up to a minute. Um, that's a really good one. And then you obviously would switch to do both, um, feet. So um, that kind of those two stretches can really help and you know there are a few others but um, doing that eccentric calf stretching can really help prevent a lot of foot problems that we commonly see and are the first line treatment for a lot of foot problems that we see so if you're at home and you know you're doing your uh, workouts and your fitness and you're having heel pain or whatever it may be you know getting shoes inserts and calf stretching it's something you can just do at home before you have to go to the office and make a copay pay and, and, and see if that will help.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, so. I that. And I think even, even then I know in my experience, like a lot of, like you said, like that's kind of the first treatment is that they'll send you home with exercises and stuff to do. So if we can start mm-hmm. being proactive about that now before we have pain, like it's going to, it's going to be so, so helpful. And it's also going to, I think help so many athletes be able to take care of their bodies and know what it feels like before, you know, like to have like a healthy, you know, I'm like, what are the words? A healthy foot.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, right. Healthy foot, a pain free foot.
0: There it is. (laughs) That's one. Oh, that was so awesome. Steven, do you have any, I'm sorry, Dr. Steven, do you have any, (laughs) do you have any final words? for our instructors and for our listeners today when it comes to shoes, when it comes to pain-free feet?
1: Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I think we covered pretty much the majority of it. I, I would say, um, you know, the first thing you can do is, you know, try to rest a little bit. Um, and if that's not helping, you can always try over-the-counter anti-inflammatories if those um, – if you can tolerate those. Um, And then getting good shoes and inserts and calf stretching will help alleviate, uh, you know, a vast majority of foot complaints that we see. So I just think that this is a wonderful opportunity that you're providing to, you know, the general public and the fitness instructors that will help solve a lot of foot problems. So thank you.
0: No, thank you. This was awesome. And I hope you as instructors and you as listeners that you'll be able to find value in this and that you will be able to maybe look at your shoes a little differently and know that these small things will make a huge difference and being able to provide like longevity and vitality in our careers. We want to take care of our one bodies. Like this is the one tool we have to be able to bring um, workouts and fun exercises to our community. So we want to be extremely proactive about taking care of this, this gift, this tool. So thank you again, Dr. Stephen Rockhill. Um, we need to help Stephen start like some kind of podiatry Instagram ASAP so we can all follow. (laughs) (laughs) So there's that, Just putting that out there, Stephen. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you next time.